Welcome to the Skill Welcome Stadium, the skill. a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams of the Skill Stadium Podcast, and I am pleased to have with me Chad German, a master electrician out of Utah. Chad, welcome to the Skill Stadium, and please share with us your background. Hi, I'm Chad, like you said, and I'm a master electrician out of Utah. I have been an electrician for 15 years. I also currently teach at a at a tech college out here in uh, Utah County called uh, MTech, or Mountain Land Technical College. I also own my own consulting business where I travel and teach uh, electrical theory and theory code and all the code changes and leadership classes. That's kind of my professional life. And then for fun, I, I love being with my, my wife and four kids and have a little farm with some goats and, and uh, chickens. And I like to go fishing and uh, anything outdoors as long as I'm with my family. With the three jobs, it keeps me super busy. So that's what I like to do is just, just be with them doing whatever they like to do. Excellent, excellent, Chad. Now, I didn't know you had four kids, um, boys, girls. I have three boys and one girl. Okay. Who's the oldest? The Quentin. Daughter. He's a first-year first electrician. He started in school. He's 18. So. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Great. Uh, so, Chad, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to share is that I met Chad through Instagram because Chad has a strong presence on social media. In fact, we did a day in the life interview uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm glad that we were able to link up today. Chad, one of the things I've noticed is that you do have a strong presence on social media. How has that helped you with the work that you're doing now? Oh, the Instagram thing has been instrumental in the consulting business. I, had, I never had thought of that as a career. I didn't get into the trade to be somebody, even to be a teacher, but I started the Instagram to relate with my son, who's now 18. He was helping me from the time he was nine. So um, my son's a very good electrician at 18 years old. It seems like he's just starting to a lot of people, but he's uh, got a lot of skills. So I, I just wanted him to see things that I was doing on a regular basis because he kind of showed interest in electrical. And before I knew it, my page took off and hooked up with a couple uh, tool companies and that kind of solidified my position as an Instagrammer, I should say, I guess. But um, just great relationships with people at Racketeer Tools and Southwire. They're just amazing people. And, you know, I never thought I would be being able to do that. I've, I've been to Georgia, actually. That's where Southwire's plan is. They picked me out there and spent some time and saw their facilities. And then, you know, I went to New York. And I didn't realize how big my page was. But when I went up to New York, I ended up meeting with the a bunch of followers of mine as well as, you know, some of them were pretty close friends because of Instagram and then went to Mississippi for some consulting. So that's when I realized I should probably take this a little more serious than just a casual teacher. So it's really been huge for me. How did your son at such a young age get into electrical? Was that because you, you had an influence on him? Was it just him watching you or is it just something he just naturally took an interest in? Cause that's impressive that at 18, he would come and I would pay him, you know, I did a lot of side work through my journeyman days and uh, just stuff for family and friends and different things, people I went to church with uh, that needed help on their basements and whatnot. So uh, from a pretty young age, he'd come draw the whole 
in the studs and pull the wire and I would do the makeup and I would, you know, I'd pay him pretty good money. And then I think as he got into his teenage years and his buddy started getting friends, buddy started getting jealous, excuse me. Then he was seeing like all the, you know, retail was not fun and fast food's not fun and they were making not very good money. So it's like, I don't have to deal with any of that when I work with my dad, I just go work. So I think yeah, part of me is like, I wish you were to, would have that experience of having a harder job because then, you know, you don't know how bad it is from having a dead end job until you have one. So you have, you don't know if you have a good job if you've never had a bad job. Type Understood. Thing. He's doing a great job. Excellent. Excellent. But you know what happened is you set a standard for him. It was very difficult for him to perhaps go back after seeing the benefits of, of working as an electrician in terms of just the work and the pay. And it's something that he sees me, you know, whenever I've never hurting for money. Maybe I'm not making a, you know, maybe like a, a journeyman first starting out making 25 bucks an hour. But if our family ever needed money, I would just go do side work and, and make money. And so there's, you never, you might need money, but you're never out of a position to be able to make it as an electrician or, or any trades person at all. You'll be able to work with your hands and your mind. You can always make yourself productive. Definitely. Now, does the consulting give you the ability to have more of a flexible schedule? So are you able to kind of dictate your own hours, I would imagine, because you mentioned traveling to these different places. I work for somebody. I run the service division for Gardner Electric, mm-hmm. but he's one of my closest friends. In fact, I, I had a business set up and I was going to go out on my own, but I just, you know, it was me and him and another guy when I first started and we built a, a really solid, amazing company with, you know, everybody in this company is just awesome. I, I've never worked for a company that I loved everybody in the company. You know what I mean? So it's, sure. for me, running out and getting in a van and starting a business for myself, it didn't sound as fun as being part of this team. So um, my boss realizes, I think, that I could easily go start my own thing. So I, I just go find the work, get the checks, and hand him the money, and he, he pays me. But with that being said, he allows me to have uh, the freedom to do the things I do. So, you know, if I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to Mississippi again in floor or in February. And so I just do what I need to do as far as my hours. And, and, uh, sometimes I work four times to have a Friday off or sometimes I take vacation or sometimes that consulting has such good money that I just take a week without pay and then go get paid on that. And he doesn't, he doesn't big deal at all. So I'm um, and then with the school. I work four nights a week teaching first year and fourth year apprentices. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my schedule is pretty set. It's Monday through Thursday or Friday with him and then consulting Friday, Saturday, because I'm doing a lot of uh, continuing education classes out here in Utah Excellent. almost every weekend. So, Can you talk about the importance of people keeping their education up? Because that's something that you're invested in. You're teaching people. So could you tell us why it's important, particularly as an electrician, to keep your skill sets up? I teach classes with, you know, I teach the apprentices that are when, when they first get in the trade and first year and I teach fourth years who are going to go take the test. Mm-hmm. And then with my consulting, I do the continuing education for guys that have been out of school sure. and their journeyman or their master. So I, I've taught all levels of our trade. And I'm going to tell you the guys that have the least amount of information or the guys that know the least are the journeyman and master electricians generally. The issue is, is they're in school, they go through the school, they learn what they need to learn just enough to pass the test, they throw the book in the back of the truck, and then they uh-huh. they go on and they just install. So uh, the issue with that is the code book's always changing. 
Sure. Uh, back when I when I passed my test and stuff, there was no LEDs, there was no solar. That's true. You know, I can't imagine being an electrician that didn't know anything other than the things I've been doing. Uh, and you're worth a lot more money, obviously. When I mean, I, as a sales guy, as a service guy, and I go through these sales, I don't do a lot of upselling. That's just not my thing. But I know a lot of things in the code book that allow me to do certain certain things. So instead of doing a whole service upgrade on a house, you know, three to five thousand dollars, I can do a load side tap according to two forty dot twenty one that allows me to add a panel for branch circuits off of a feeder. Because actually the technical term is a feeder tap. Mm-hmm. But I can do that for a thousand bucks. So um, I'm gonna win that job every single day because I know the code. So or if you can imagine running a huge grocery store or a hospital and you have to get your pipes underground to go from point A to point B and everybody just digs 24 inches, which is the deepest you have to go according to the table. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go to the code book to, to read your tables. You're going to get a mini X and dig 24 inches. Well, if it's not underneath traffic or anything like that, you don't have to be six inches deep, which is right underneath the, the concrete where the gravel is. So I can save a lot of money and make a lot of money for companies because I know the code. I, ultimately, it's like anything in life. You have to stay relevant to be on top. Yes, that makes and sense. And guys just aren't doing it. Yeah, and the market is changing constantly. I think that's in any profession you're in. And if you're not staying up to date on what's going on, you're just going to get left behind. Yeah, I've spoken to enough people that in the skill trades where, you know, if you're learning, you are so much more of an asset to the company. And you made a great point in terms of being able to figure out solutions because that's that really is what's going to differentiate one electrician from another, I would imagine, just from the examples you just gave me. You know, so right, yeah, and it's a lot of things, man. I mean, there's a code out there that you know, if you're on social media, the HVAC guys will know this code that you can you can tie your wire off the minimum ampacity on a main plate instead of the breaker, mm-hmm. and that's uncomfortable for an electrician. But it's in our code book that you can do it, and then they're like, Well, electricians say, Well, why, why would I pull a number 12? If I pull a number eight, it's fine, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, Well, let's talk about the process of. Of pulling number eight instead of number 12. You got to pull a mule line through, or sorry, a true tape through to get a measurement because you're not going to buy 500 foot spools with number eight generally. Sure. You're going to go get, you're going to get measurements and you're going to get a cut and you're going to the parts store. I'm already pulling my number 12s that I have 500 foot spools in my Connex and I'm done. By the time you're done pulling your measurements in and, and uh, putting all that on a piece of paper and send it to the parts store, that's wow. a week process compared wow. to it. I get it done. So people just, it's all about management. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Now, you know, we have a um, skills gap and it's getting worse. And I think as a parent, I think you get the importance of getting young people in the trades. Obviously, your son, Quentin, yeah. starting as an electrician. How do we close that gap? How do we get more right. young people in the skill trades? I mean, honestly, I think it's, it's happening. Some skill trades, I think there's a misunderstanding. They just get out of school. So you but when people think about their choices outside of high school, you know, you're like, I got to go to the military or I'm going to go to college to get this career, or I just got to go find a job, you know, and just work my way up into the company. But they don't really think about the trades because it's like, well, that's more school. I didn't want to go to school. But the schooling is specific to the trade. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So yes, I had a guy say, oh, I don't want to go to school for four years. That's the doctor. I'm like, well, you don't know anything about 
educating <laughs> education for a doctor, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, it's twice a week. Um, and you get summers off. It's, it's not the same thing as going to school as a doctor. You know, it's very specific to the trade. Um, there's some things that are, you know, like that they could do without having to teach trigonometry and electrical school, but some people disagree with me. So at the end of the day, it's, it's really relative to what you're doing. The trigonometry you're learning is based on specifics on a few applications in which we would use it. Excellent. So Excellent. it's not a scary thing. I just think it's people don't look at it as an option. Another thing is the culture of construction workers in general. Uh, you're getting dirty, you're using your hands, you've got high-vis jackets on and a hard hat and you're all sweaty. Just naturally, you don't look at that person as a person that has brains. But, you know, guys that wire up DLCs and, you know, electricians, we have to use our mind, our body. And I mean, I'd say a lot of trades. You really have to have a skill set that you have to build over time. I definitely love it for sure. Bridging that gap, I think we just need to stuff like Instagram. People being good, honest, solid people, that's important. I think that uh, there's a military-type mindset back when I went through. Your foreman just treats you like you're an apprentice, and you're going to get beat up until you earn his respect, and then welcome to this club. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's how it is anymore. I'm sure you have that around, but I think it's more welcoming. Can you tell us the characteristics, the traits of people who would be successful as an electrician? I can, like my apprentice, Abby, right now, she's probably one of the best apprentices I've ever had. I want to say the best, but that's pretty bold. I've had a lot of apprentices over the years. But Abby, it's not because she's a girl. A lot of guys say, oh, it's because she's a girl and she can focus. Abby has this crazy ability to, she's got like, a, she's an auditory processor. So when I was her teacher at school, she wouldn't be paying attention to what I was saying. She was doodling, but that's what I thought. But she was actually listening, and it was just absorbing into her brain. And then she would do very well on the test. Um, and she's the same at work, right? So when I say something, she asks a few questions, and then she moves on. But not everybody's wired that way. Probably pretty rare to say. But I would just say anybody that's willing to be honest with themselves about their things that they need to improve because everybody has, you know, whether you're showing your blade or your work ethics, not very good, or you're not mechanically inclined, all those things can be changed. It just takes effort on your end. Just be willing to to work on those weaknesses and play to your strengths. You know, I, I try to train my guys to do that. Excellent. And you mentioned, Abby, I know, and I think it's a, it, it's, it's a fact that there are not a lot of women in the trades and how do we get more women into trades? And what do you think are some of the obstacles for why we don't have a lot of women? I think the numbers, you know, when I Googled it, it says 97% are men in most of these skilled trades. So we're not even talking double digits in terms of women in those professions. How do we change that? Because you just mentioned your best apprentice was a, was a young lady. Well, I think it's men, honestly. It's men in general with this. We're not inviting to... You know, like if you're a wimp, you're not good enough at what we do type thing. You know, look at that guy. He's a wimp. And that that kind of puts that into like he's more feminine, that type of a wimp thing. I've had guys say women aren't strong enough. They can't carry this. They can't. And I'm like looking over at a guy that's 90 pounds going, well, he's okay to be on the job. Why is that okay? You know, because Abby's just as tough as any, you know, guy that's, you know, I'm 5'7". Abby's 5'7", too. You know, I'm probably a little stronger. But she makes up for it on other ends. There's guys stronger than me, too. So I think, in general, just 
the construction mentality again. We're just a bunch of pigs. And not, I, I don't agree with it, but I think that that's a mentality that people look at. Okay. So like guys with the one of girls and you're walking by or guys, you know, making comments and chewing tobacco and spit and talking about beer. And, you know, so it, sure. it brings us to a, a different feel. It has a different feel to it. But I think the culture is ultimately changing. It's a completely different culture right now than what it was. So I would, I would have to say that I think it is increasing. You see it on social media. A lot of uh, females are doing a really good job representing females on, on social media. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I've seen a lot more women on social media in the skilled trades. And they've definitely told me that there are some challenges and obstacles because I, I believe I've interviewed about two or three women since I've done this podcast and they have shared with me things that challenges they face. So I'm always curious as to how we can change that. And, and from what you're saying, it looks like things are changing. And, and the women have told me that it is getting better, especially women who've been in the trades for a number of years. They're saying it's getting better. So that's encouraging to hear. Can you tell me the process? You know, we have unions and we have open shop. Can you talk about the pros and cons of going union versus non-union as you're pursuing a career as an electrician? I get this question a lot on social media, and uh, as a teacher, I actually have a student right now who is trying to go union. I think he's, he's paying his dues, but he's waiting for the schooling or something out here. Um, but he's going to a non-union school to see if it's something that he really wants to pursue. So he's in my class, and um, he's asked questions. And it's hard to answer because anything that I've heard about union is going to be rumor, sure. and it's not firsthand, right? But out of, and I can respectfully answer these questions in a way that's professional and uh, not biased one side. Um, a lot of people on the union side feel like there's not shops out there that have the benefits that a union has, which isn't correct because I, I personally work for one. Um, there's a, a, another company I work for. They paid 100% of your uh, family's insurance. You had holidays off. You had you know vacation time. Then you just have to pay dues, but you do generally on those companies have to deal with a lot more crap. It's like a a prettier package sure. with a crappier situation <laughs> or a crappier group of guys. But union, you're definitely going to go and you're going to get an amazing education. They've got trained teachers. The guys in the field they take time to teach a lot more than guys out non-union. But I've seen both sides have pride in their work. You know, they all take the, the code and the electrical very serious. Myself stayed out of the union because of the rumors that I heard, and I never went to go find out. So I heard that you can't work really fast. You have to work at a certain pace. Like, you can only put up so many feet of pipe and because you don't want to outdo your, your coworkers because then it makes it look like you're trying to stand out. Sure. And so um, I'm one where I want to stand out. I want my drive and my ability to to work really, really hard, pull me away from the pack. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll work, I'll, I'll work a late hours. I'll do whatever it takes. When I get into something, I become obsessed with it. Sure. But I'm not going to say that the union doesn't entice, isn't enticing for me in the fact that uh, you're part of something bigger than yourself. You're sure. part of a brotherhood. You're part of guys that have all gone through the same thing as you and you can't get screwed over and everybody's got your back. I think it, it really comes down to personality and, and uh, what fits you best. I've had 
guys that I've trained that have gone union and loved it. I have guys that have gone to union and come back and said it was the worst experience. So I would say to anybody getting into the trade to make sure that you go to your local union hall and talk to the union about that. And, and you know, you're going to hear pros and cons from both, but it's definitely something that I, I'm not, not willing to go do. If I had to go union, I would go. So Sure. I also believe that the culture of the company makes a huge difference. You know, I've interviewed a few business owners as, as I've done the podcast and you quickly learn, you know, what's important to them, what they value and what works in one company may not work in another. So, you know, like just what you're describing in terms of you want to perform above and beyond what's expected of you, you, you know, you, you're going to need to be in a certain environment for that to meet your needs. You need to be in an environment that stresses performance, rewards and recognizes performance and hard work because that is just who you are. I would say that the right. culture of a company is probably the most important thing. And again, that's one of the reasons I had a hard time leaving my boss is, is because uh, he just kind of allows me to have my talent. Like, you know, we made this service division because I can do sales. And, you know, I was bringing in side work like he was a police. Mm-hmm. And I started my own business and I was running on the side. I took a year off of teaching and just started grinding away trying to build my business. And it took one contractor not to not pay me to see, let me see what uh, that was all about. And I just, I didn't really like it. So I don't mind owning a business like the consultant team. But when it's, our bosses own businesses. These contractors, uh, the employees sometimes don't have a good understanding about what they have to do to get paid sometimes. Again, it comes down to the culture. People look at you like, you came to my house and you did this job and I thought it should look this way, so I'm not going to pay you full. And it's like, well, we talked about that. You know, yeah. there's so many scenarios in which people try to get out of paying you. And you got employees and parts, things to play that I just didn't want to handle that type of a situation. Yeah, I would imagine that could be stressful. It's not yeah. easy being a business owner, so definitely understood. We're going to wrap up now, but want to know what advice would you give to young people considering entering the skilled trades, uh, particularly as an electrician? What advice would you give them? Are there resources that they could look into? What advice would you give? Um, I know that every state is different. I've heard that like Texas, and these are again rumors that I haven't looked into it, but I've heard of other states you have to become a helper to then become an apprentice to earn the right to become an apprentice. And then once you get your apprenticeship, then you got to go through all that to become a journeyman. My big thing, and I would say to anybody, and it probably uh, relates into any field in general, is don't look at people as your competition, but don't look at people as, like, you're not there to make friends. You're there to get the job done to get a task done. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I have a lot of friends in the field, a lot of coworkers that are friends, but a lot of guys get wrapped up into what everybody else is doing. This guy's piping and I want to pipe and you have me doing this. And ultimately there's a time and a place for everything. It's a long process. I'm still learning things every single day in the trade. So if you're going to be in it for the long haul, just be patient with yourself and your bosses and, and work as hard as you can and make yourself worth that extra dollar that you feel like you're worth. Don't just expect it. Sure. You know, just because somebody else is sitting back with a vapor and smoking a vapor and getting paid more than you doesn't mean that you're worth more. It means he's overpaid. People are so worried about what everybody else is doing that it's actually a lot of people leave the trade because they, oh, it was bullcrap. I was working harder. He made more. You know, they're looking at that month that they experienced that. But hard work definitely pays off. I would just say get in there and, and focus on you. 
That makes sense. Can you uh, please share your social media feeds? How can people find you? How can they reach you? I do have a YouTube page. It's not very big. I just started up called Utah Electrician. And then my Instagram page is Utah underscore electrician. I also started a page with uh, seven guys, the smartest guys I could find in the in the industry throughout the whole country in their respective fields. So we have, uh, you know, Chris at Gentech Power. He does generators. We got Ryan Jackson. He's a code expert, does a lot of expert witnessing, consulting. Armando Cepeda, looking to be or inspiring to be the next chief inspector out of New Mexico. Uh, sorry, Albuquerque in particular. But the, uh, we got kids that's going to automation school. We got uh, Figueroa, who is Kyle Figueroa. I don't know if you've seen his page. He's pretty, uh, he's got a lot of leadership stuff going on on his page. Um, okay. He's in Boston. And then our NFPA 70E guy, Evan, he's a really good guy. He, he talks about safety and does really good videos. So, Excellent. Um, and then myself. So I put that together and there's weekly, you know, every all of us have a day once a week that we post. So that's called Sparky underscore EDU. And just putting out free information for people so that they don't have to, you know, have to go buy these $80 books to learn one concept. Excellent. So, Excellent. Well, Chad, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this. All right. No problem. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.